0: Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Wharf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM.
1: Helling frequencies open, you've tapped into Trek FM's Hyper Channel. I'm Chris, publisher of Trek Film, and this is where we talk about what's happening in the world of Star Trek news. In this episode for February 10th, we're going to talk about the big news of the day. Brian Fuller. And the new Star Trek series, and of course, to help me do that, I have my friend Larry Nemec here with me. Larry, thanks for hopping on with me at the end of your long day. I always want to do this breaking news. Yes. News, <laughs>
0: news. Yeah. Um, these these breaking Star Trek headlines. I'm I, I'm so glad again, as as we said last fall, um, I'd much rather have it be this kind of news than any more deaths in the family.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And this has been an incredible news day. I did a, I did a Trekland blog post where I basically said I had, I had, uh, not to be over melodramatic, but, uh, I had dared hope this might've happened.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, on the most recent episode of the ready room that's out there right now for people to listen to, which just came out a few days ago, you and I in the news segment are talking about, when are we going to find out some more things about this series? It's too quiet for too long and right. we need to see something moving along or else we're getting a little bit concerned and here we are we've got big news
0: right well i was doing some educate as i've done the last month or two i was doing some educated math there for people about look at the other january premieres here's the schedule they followed when they shot you know backing it up here's when they shot here's when they were casting so the scripts are ready by here but you for a new show you have to develop the format and the bible you know, the writer's guide to, to, to write it and then cast it. And that we weren't there yet, but we were getting pretty close. And the fact that this is a startup, this is not DS9 and Voyager coming out of the TNG family, you know, the production family. The infrastructure was not there yet. Right. So all those things were. it was a square one startup and um, was starting to get a little worrisome. And then we find out today that, that uh, somebody is actually on the ball. Yeah. People are
1: actually, uh, yeah. Well, what do you think about the choice of Brian Fuller?
0: Well, Brian's one of those. Okay, so the ideal I was talking today about a Venn if you had a Venn diagram of the circle here of the the kind of showrunners that say CBS is going to let showrun a show any show. And then if you had all the people that we as fans and a lot of us who have covered the show, everybody who knows the show's deeply and looking at the history, all the people that we would love to see handling the new show. And then there's a subset of who wants it because I think some of them are, are intimidated, but even even more so, and I don't mean intimidated about doing it, but the, the world is so different now. We were talking, yes. this is a streaming show. So there's going to be a little bit different dynamic. They won't be worried about ratings. It'll be probably a much more limited episode run, which we still don't know, but there's some different variables from older. But then again, all these guys are working and girls are working in the landscape today and it's evolving anyway. So that's all in flux. That's all in the mix anyway. But there are people, as we've been trying to point out, that we would love to see run the new Star Trek, but who are tied up in deals with other studios and other right. networks. So part of this is what's the subset of available people that we would love to see running this? And then how many of them have enough cred to the suits and the guys that, that count beans uh, that they would turn them loose with the show? and And then stepping all the way back to the original announcement... I really thought, given his past history of moving away from working on the films and his full slate elsewhere, that Kurtzman really wasn't going to be the showrunner. Because for one thing, they didn't get into that in that press release. They didn't go on. He wasn't quoted talking about the people he's going to come in and hire. Yeah, it seems
1: like that would have been part of the original deal if they were going to do that, right?
0: Right. I really thought that he was going to be a nameplate name Partly because they did need to have somebody attached to it when they announced it. It was we decided it was business-driven, which we've all been borne out to, to see is true. Uh, but not, but but with the content, not too far behind, but just not ready to announce back in November. He was in as a nameplate name. He and his co-producer and their company because they were available and they were they already do business with CBS. They're in that mix and they were and he somebody has a connection they to in Star there. Trek. Yeah. too. So. and he's going to be part of it. He's yeah. but he's going to do a Dick Wolf. He's going to get or whoever. He's going to get his five or 10% and, you know, oversee, but he's there for stability. He's there as a name and as an entity that's, that's a, that's a tent pole name, but not taking an active role in this. So that's all been born out. They absolutely were. And I'd heard some things around town a little bit about people being interviewed or, or putting their two cents in or being contacted. So what that, that Venn diagram leaves us is the outside world would trust it. To, Hollywood would trust to run a show and the people we would run a show. And when you overlap that, Brian Fuller was one of the few names that was out there that was in a position to to overlap both those Venn circles, which is exactly why I didn't think it would ever happen, because it made too much sense.
1: Well, do you think Brian Fuller is someone who they always wanted and thought that they probably wouldn't be able to get because of him being tied up with other projects and maybe not available to do something like this?
0: I don't know. You know, the landscape of things has changed so much the last few years. And I don't know... um, if anybody uh, recently at CBS, you know, you know and we say CBS, we're talking monolithically, all the different arms. And we learned today in the press release that this while this is CBS All Access is the channel and the producer that they have contracted with CBS t- TV studio arm, the production end of CBS, not the network, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Moonves fam- or whoever famously said, you know, CBS network is not really involved in the day to day of this. But two, there's two arms of CBS corporate that are going to be involved, and I hope that means, no guarantee, but one of the questions we still have uh, that I said months ago was we don't know where they're shooting. I hope, that's a, I hope that's a vote or a lean toward L.A. But to what you asked, Chris, I don't know if anybody up until it became crunch time and somebody had to actually go grab resumes and go check IMDb and go make some calls and go check who's, who's hooked up to who. I don't think that was really on anybody's radar screen. I think it was just, and we saw that it was a business decision made first, and then they got into the search for showrunners. And um, I think, I think, you know, uh, but more so than five, you know, Brian and and Brian Singer had pitched a formatted show. Yeah, right. They very famously were public about yeah. campaigning for it. Yeah, and and my my metaphor here lately has been it's a case of somebody you want to go work somewhere. Even if they don't have an opening, you throw your resume on the pile. And at some point, you know that they're going to open that drawer of resumes and go through and look. And that's what we have had happen. And apparently, this is, I i, I get the idea, ahem, that it wasn't like they, they sealed their deal yesterday. I think it was more like this has been in the works for at least a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think so. Maybe
0: since the holidays. And they were finally able to get everybody to ink, you know, dot the T and cross the I on the paper. Sure. And now they can publicly talk about it. So, yeah, so I don't think that was really on the, but but I just, whatever reason, I'm just really glad that uh, we've wound up at this point.
1: Yeah. How important do you feel it is that they got someone who worked on the Prime Timeline Star Trek series, on DS9 and Voyager, who really knows the material, who knows how Star Trek's put together, and who knows the canon and the history of it as the showrunner versus somebody from the outside who maybe would be coming into Star Trek for the first time?
0: Right. Well, this is something that's going to be interesting to unspool once we get past the combination of, you know, cone of silence around the development, because this is familiar ground, right? Now we're going to be in the time when everything's hush hush and secret. So it's a bigger splash. But it's also kind of a bit of a loosey goosier thing with All Access, with the streaming series in general, because they like to let the drips out. And we're not talking about a huge turnaround. It's only now it's 11 months, not, not 12 months. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a division that's not used to doing original content. So it'll be new to the people there. So either they'll, it'll, they'll clam up really big time or maybe there'll be some loose lips and they'll sink a few ships of us getting le- leaks. Mm-hmm. But um, it's funny. So we'll know more of the details about what's going on in the head. I think on some level, just the fact that this was CBS and not Paramount. And again, if, if we go back to some of the divisions and some of the ways things were done with the Bad Robot movies being rolled out, and some of the creative decisions being made, they were made a in a motion picture vacuum, not a series, and b as we, as we well knew at the time, really, but now that's publicly known. JJ and Bad Robot were really trying to create a whole new paradigm for Star Trek under their wing. I really think they were trying to create a, a Lucasfilm kind of uh, you know reinvention of Star Trek that was that was a whole new standalone yeah, you know right. all in one shop and that didn't happen because cbs didn't want to give up the value of 40 50 years and as i said well, before i think there would have been
1: now, a fan revolt if they had given up the history of 40 or 50 years
0: well well i see you know cynical me i don't know how what that would, if fan re- if fan revolt meant that revenues went to zero then that would have been a revolt that had some rever- yeah. reverberation but i i said once before that's this is a rare time when the the corporate And the fan goal totally were in sync. Now we're talking about a different, I mean, people need to step back and think here. We're not talking about, not only we're not talking CBS to Paramount, we're talking about outside third entity with its own you know goal sheet. Mm -hmm. So now we're back totally talking about episodic TV, although it'll be a new kind of platform. And a lot of people don't like paying for it, but hang on. And we're talking within the CBS family. And we're talking about a network, which is used to doing multiple, you know, it's, it's, it'll be episodic, even if it's limited episodic. So the paradigm is different. You're not talking about one script and one big, you know, belly flop smash here. We're talking about something that's going to be at least partly sustained. And hopefully, even if it's short seasons, more seasons. And remember the fate of all access, as this is going to be the face and flagship, just like UPN launched with Voyager. So the last thing they want is... If they're gonna trust it to Star Trek to lead that charge for them business wise, then they wanna have it in good hands. So I wanna think that Brian's Star Trek experience played into a lot of this. I don't know yet if they've gotten down to the nitty-gritty of who is it gonna be Prime or is it gonna be JJ Verse or is it gonna be a third one that we've never mentioned? I mean, I don't know if we're that to that level yet, but I think just the fact they wanted to get somebody who knew Star Trek that they weren't they weren't going into a whole new third route, a third way. And I don't think uh yeah, I think I think the fact this is a CBS product helped that comfort zone of let's get somebody to worked on the series before. The details of why may not be that you know it's just it's just that. And, th- and then the other thing is, Brian is not just a Star Trek guy. He's shown he's done Hannibal because he's done critically mm-hmm. acclaimed and you know renewed two and three very mm-hmm. imaginative creative shows pushing daisies, Heroes. you know, Wonderfalls, yeah. Dead Like Me, some of his famous ones that you know were. Were, were let go before their time that have fandoms that were like oh no so you know but he's got a history of producing and he has show he has show, he's not the young guy who i knew as a rookie on voyager in 1995 so he's got that so you know he, he could appeal as somebody who has gravitas and some bona fides as a producer the fact yeah. that he's it's somebody that and again that pool of people that fit both bills was not the large who was available was not that big
1: i think it'll also be interesting to see him come in as somebody who has already expressed in the past his vision of what he would do with star trek and whether he will do that or whether the the studio is going to give him directions on which routes he needs to go like what's the collaboration going to be like there between him and the studio and the writers he assembles and how will that compare to past visions that he has had for things he would like to do with trek
0: Right. Well, I yeah, I saw that a lot online today and I've had a very long day where I didn't have the liberty of I actually got a Trekland blog post out about this. I was so proud of myself in the middle of a sandwich day of everything else going on.
1: I saw so, I know how busy the, I know how busy you are and I know all these things that have been going on for you today and I did see you push out that link and I thought, "See, now this will move Larry to actually make sure he gets that post up." <laughs>
0: So I haven't I've seen a little bit of the chatter online and, you know, it's all different levels. People that really make it a business, like a lot of the Trek FM, you know, Patreon crowd and people at the Babel Conference, Uh, the deep divers, some of my gang from Portal 47, the people that are really following this. It's kind of like, you know, today was the New Hampshire primary elections and you've got the political junkies and you've got the people that kind of see it go by in a blur. Yeah. And Star Trek is a lot the same way. So but I did see some talk about uh, people. Pulling up old interviews with Brian, especially from the last five to 10 years where people have asked him. He and I have had one of those famous things where the last five, 10 years we were famously going to sit down and do an in between interview, especially after he and Brian Singer kind of publicly came out with their pitch. And we never got to do it. And hopefully we can renew that now. But people were going back to old interviews of him saying different things. And my first blush advice on that is he's you know if you and there's one where he's saying oh we should we should we could do a non-enterprise ship in the jj verse and all that that was then this is now this is a different situation no one knew what was going to happen with the jj verse what bad robot was going to do if they were going to be the overarching producer if that was the way you know at different times here he's pitched something Uh, i would put more stock in looking at the show that he pitched as far as pulling potential threads to go forward with. We don't know if he's gotten actual content marching orders. I I really, I really don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm 50-50 on whether somebody actually corporately said prime or, uh, you know, or maybe not to that degree. Maybe somebody said, make sure it fits with all that other stuff we own.
1: <laughs> that sounds more likely,
0: right? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> so uh it's like Charlie Blueheart telling Hard <laughs> Bennett, you know, can you make a movie for cheaper than 150 million? Um, so, I, you know, I think some of those, I think a lot of details may be left to him to sort out when it gets to the nitty gritty like that. But um, I, as far as going back to old interviews and things, let's just remember that this is the situation we've outlined. It's, it's a streaming thing, a streaming service. It may be 8 or 10 or 12, 13, 15 episodes, whatever the 12, 13 is kind of the standard now. It's it's that format and these circumstances, and it's it could be very much a square one. And if you look at anything, I would maybe go back to some some of the threads that were in that pitch that he and he and the other Brian did. Yeah. But but again, it's a whole new ball game. We'll see. You know, just as things are so different from two thousand six, and the thinking that led Alex and and Bob to uh, do the first movie with JJ the way they did it. It's 10 years later. And again, I'm always talking about the pendulums of Star Trek and we're in a whole different pendulum now and and,
1: and we'll see. Yeah, we're going to have to do another show. Like One of the very earliest ready rooms is you and me talking about the Star Trek pendulum swinging back and forth between TOS and TNG. So mm-hmm. now I'm picturing a future one where we're going into three dimensions and we've got it swinging <laughs> left and right and then the other way and then we're all confused about <laughs> which way it's swinging.
0: And you know what's okay, how bad is this? You mentioned three dimensional thinking and I immediately got this this image in my mind of the two of us bending over some old French Joseph graphics with blinking cursors on them. Oh wow. All like right. the battle scene from Rathicon when yeah, Spock is yeah.
1: talking about yeah. We we people. will exhibit three dimensional thinking. <laughs> not
0: two dimensional. I'd like okay. to think we've been exhibiting three dimensional thinking all along. <laughs> think well, what not. was really satisfying to me was, I was when I wrote the, the Trekland post today, I, was, I kind of did a heart back to. Um, rem- like, I can't remember. In fact, I started to dig it out and I didn't have time. It was either a column that I wrote for the actual Dead Tree Paper Magazine, maybe even Communicator before it died. It was pre blog days. But where I said, here's the scenario for the comeback, it will either be Mr. Big Producer who doesn't have a clue about Star Trek, or it's Mr. Big Producer and he's smart enough to hire a Star Trek person, or it's a Star Trek person who's become a big producer with clout and can talk somebody into giving him the keys. And we've mm-hmm. kind of had one way with the features now with Bad Robot and and um, JJ getting uh, Alex and, and, and Bob into do the writing off the top at the beginning. And now we've kind of had another option of that. We've had uh, Brian Fuller, who's a Trek guy, but he's also got the bona fides to, to, to walk in and, and stand with anybody as far as running a show, yeah. producing a show. So anyway, it was kind of nice to go. Remember what I said back in 2005, 2006? That's the best thing about having a blog and a column. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I can finally point to things. But I really I was just, I don't want to say I was in shock. I was in relief today when I saw that headline. I'm like, no, this is an onion,
1: right? This is
0: somebody's kidding, (laughs) right? This is too this makes too much sense.
1: How did this happen? That was kind of my feeling as well. Not the onion part, but just that, okay, they got somebody who really knows Trek and who has some clout and i know is going to be able to run the show so so at that point i feel like okay now i'm not i'm not worried so much about what they're going to where they're going to go with it because they've got people in that can do it
0: and it also betrays the fact that we're over I mean, again that whole thing about not using trek veterans that was a vibe of the path that uh, jj and bad robot were trying to establish as they went forward you know 10 years ago the new way forward because Partly in their defense, part of the thinking, the the group think in Hollywood, which is not what the fan what fandom thought, but part of the group think corporately and business wise around Hollywood was, oh, Star Trek is burned out and tired, and yeah, and they really were biting on on Rick saying, you know, franchise fatigue. When I just wanted to say it was producer fatigue, but again, it's it's a pendulum swing. That's changed. That's not what's in operation now, and people do see the value of and and there's been. You know, there's been a little pushback. I mean the JJ movies have brought a ton of fandom in, and I'm not gonna be a hater, but there's been pushback on on, you know, the 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 ebb and flow of how those movies were conceived and how they were brought together. And I wish all good things, huh, for um for Star Trek Beyond. And I've said before, I'm I'm thrilled to see what's gonna be new people's take here without JJ being so now that he's happy with Star Wars, I'd like to see what's gonna happen with Beyond. But yeah. this is a whole different critter and um and I'm glad to see since Brian kind of shatters the <laughs> Brian kind of shatters the force field here against going back to um, using old trek hands and trek veterans. It'll be interesting to see either on, on his watch, who's who's being the actual hands-on-line producers, who they hire. I hope some of our favorites who are still active in the business get pulled into work on all the different aspects of, of production or at least consulting, at least kickoff consultants. And you know what? The fact I didn't thought about this just now, the fact that this may be a short run, you know, eight, 10, 12 episodes or whatever, 14, the mm-hmm. fact that this is not going to be a grinding 26 episode season, or even a 22 episode season may mean that some of our, you know, beloved icons who are 20 years older than they were 10 years older than they were when they were in the shows. And it's a matter of, you know, fatigue and aging. But there still would be wonderful to have them involved in a very active way. Maybe having a short run like that will make it easier to have some of those people involved.
1: Yeah, could be. It's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up. So, all right. Well, those are our quick thoughts on Brian Fuller becoming the co-creator and executive producer of the Star Trek 2017 series, which does not yet have a name. But we will find out eventually what it's going to be called. Maybe it'll just be called Star Trek.
0: I, I we could call it Star Trek relief. Um, Star Trek
1: relief. That sounds like a some kind of over the counter antacid or something, Larry. Yeah, yeah, that maybe not. So uh,
0: Star Trek, oh, thank God. Uh, Star Trek, I, can't, I don't know. I just I was just really I was just I don't want to say I had a big smile on my face all day, but I I had a big smile on my inner my head cannon had a big, big smile today.
1: Yeah. That's great. Okay, well everyone listening, let us know what you think. You can of course do that in the Babel conference. That's the best place to find Larry and me to talk about this topic. Well, I'm sure we'll have a there's already a thread in the Babel conference, I know, and I'm sure there'll be mm-hmm. one attached to this hyper channel when we post it. So come on over there. The way you get there is to type Babel B A B E L into the search field on Facebook, and it'll come right up. If you're not a member yet, you'll need to click join, and we'll let you right on in. It is a private group. If you're not on Facebook, you can hit us up on Twitter. Our username is trekfm. My personal username is Jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. And then Larry's username is Larry's name, Larry Namachek. And you can also send an email to the show by going to trek.fm contact and using the form there. Just choose to send to a show and choose Hyperchannel. Or go to speakpipe.com slash trekafilm to send us a voicemail. Of course, you can also catch all of our other great shows through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, through the website. You can download MP3 files there or stream them. And we have our 50th anniversary rewatch show going on right now that covers two episodes, two installments of Star Trek every single day, every day this year, 366 days. It's really amazing that we decided to do that. We may be a little bit crazy, but it's going a along. Bit? and it's bit? And it's a lot of fun. And of course, if you enjoy the shows, you can help us keep it all going by supporting the network through Patreon at patreon.com slash FM. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. You can get all the details that you need to know there, including perks, access to our exclusive website, Patron Zone. Find out how you can be on the round table and talk Trek with us on mic, and that goes into the master feed for everyone to hear, and all sorts of other perks we have for you there. Check it all out, patreon.com slash trekfm. Now, Larry, you mentioned your Trekland blog post a few times. If people want to read that, where should they go, and where else can they go to find out what you have going on?
0: Well, it's technically under treklandblog.com, but if you just come to larrynimachek.com, you can go to the blog portal. And get over to my, it'll click you also to um, my Facebook page, my Larry Nimichek's Trekland. And my Twitter feed is, as you mentioned, at Larry Nemechek. But, uh, you know, all my projects are ongoing. The Con of Wrath, which has a Facebook page, and Uh Portal47.net is our is my, you know, unique boutique uh, fan service uh, deep dive, if you enjoy this kind of thing. And I just—I I, have I said already that I'm just so excited and thrilled and tickled that Brian is going to be running the new show because not only is it a it, it, does it give us a lot of faith and we can but we can go back to his track record and we can see what he said and what he has done and it's the kind of thing that that uh, while we're waiting for the details to come out of the new show we can be on all our different formats and and channels we can be talking about his past work in and out of Star Trek and going back through some of those earlier works and and gleaning for clues and hopefully. Uh, somewhere down the line uh, Brian's always been good about knowing you know fans and knowing the track base as he does and uh, maybe we'll get some you know we'll get some uh, he'll be open to talking with some of the responsible ends of, of mm. fan press and fandom hopefully that'll happen but I'm so. really looking forward to you know doing that on my blog and, and my track line page and, and in Portal 47 and of course here on Trek FM and The Babel and, and, and everything. I'm, I'm just I'm just so tickled. Did I say that already? I think I did. I think you may have mentioned it. I think I may have mentioned that, yeah. So right. it's going to be a fun... On top of the insane year this was going to be with a new movie and the anniversary party, now we have this. And as yeah. far as the question, will 2017 be, a, be kind of a hangover after the big party? I don't think so. No, I
1: don't think so. All right. Well, everyone, go check out all of Larry's stuff going on there. Go check out all the other shows on trek fm and thanks for tuning in today now larry you go get some sleep and then i'll be back tomorrow with another story for you so until then go watch some trek thanks chris